Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Morning, Father. It's good to see you, but no, I actually can't see you. Not physically, but with my heart, I see your faith and love. I welcome everyone who's joining us for this live stream mass. On behalf of Father Walt and Nancy and Stephanie and Tommy and Miles and our whole staff, we thank you for standing by us and being with us this morning. Father Walt and I are feeling fine. Nancy and Stephanie are fine. Everyone is doing well. But who would have ever envisioned, I never envisioned, four years after being ordained, offering Mass in an empty church with an empty parking lot? Never would I have envisioned not having palms on Palm Sunday. And never would I have ever thought I'd be on Facebook with 151 friends. Thank you, everyone, for your support. And let us gather together virtually in prayer and in faith and place ourselves in the presence of our good and loving God as we celebrate this Palm Sunday, this Passion Sunday. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. The Lord be with all of you. Let us take a moment now as we enter into the Lord's Passion to unite our failures, our sins, our sufferings with him on the cross. We ask God for forgiveness as we prepare to enter into these sacred mysteries. You were sent to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You came to call. You came to call. Christ have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who as an example of humility for the human race to follow, caused our Savior to take on flesh and submit to the cross graciously grant that we may heed his lesson of patient suffering and so merit a share in his resurrection, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord God has given me a well-trained tongue that I may that I might know how to speak to the weary, 
a word that will rouse them. Morning after morning he opens my ears that I may hear, and I have not rebelled, have not turned my back. I gave my cheek, I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard, my face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. The Lord God is my help, therefore I am not disgraced. I have set my face like flint, knowing that I shall not be put to shame. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. St. Paul to the Philippians. Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, coming in human likeness, found in human appearance, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend, of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time draws near. In your house I shall celebrate the Passover with my disciples. Jesus had ordered and prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed at this, 
They began to say to him, one after another, Surely it is not I, Lord. He said in reply, He who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes, as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Then Judas, his betrayer, said in reply, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. He answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and giving it to his disciples, said, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which will be shed on behalf of many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, from now on I shall not drink this fruit of the vine, until the day when I drink it with you new in the kingdom of my Father. Then, after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, This night all of you will have your faith in me shaken, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be dispersed. But after I have been raised up, I shall go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him in reply, Though all may have their faith in you shaken, mine will never be. Jesus said to him, Amen, I say to you, this very night before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even though I should have to die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples spoke likewise. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to feel sorrow and distress. Then he said to them, My soul is sorrowful even to death. Remain here and keep watch with me. He advanced a little and fell prostrate in prayer, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. When he returned to his disciples, he found them asleep. He said to Peter, So you could not keep watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not undergo the test. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Withdrawing a second time, he prayed again. My father, if it is not possible that this cup pass without my drinking it, your will be done. Then he returned once more and found them asleep, for they could not keep their eyes open. He left them and withdrew again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing again. Then he returned to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Behold, the hour is at hand when the Son of Man is to be handed over to sinners. Get up, let us go. Look, my betrayer is at hand. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs who had come from the chief priests and the elders of the people. His betrayer had arranged a sign with them, saying, The man I shall kiss is the one. Arrest him. Immediately he went over to Jesus and said, Hail, Rabbi, and he kissed him. Jesus answered him, Friend, do what you have come for. Then stepping forward, they laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. And behold, one of those who accompanied Jesus put his hand to his sword, drew it, and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its sheath, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot call upon my Father, and he will not provide me at this moment with more than twelve legions of angels? But then how would the scriptures be fulfilled, which say that it must come to pass in this way? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to seize me? Day after day I sat teaching in the temple area, yet you did not arrest me. But all this has come to pass, that the writings of the prophets may be fulfilled. 
Then all the disciples left him and fled. Those who had arrested Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. Peter was following him at a distance, as far as the high priest's courtyard. And going inside, he sat down with the servants to see the outcome. The chief priests in the entire Sanhedrin kept trying to obtain false testimony against Jesus in order to put him to death, but they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward who stated, This man said, I can destroy the temple of God and within three days rebuild it. The high priest rose and addressed him. Have you no answer? What are these men testifying against you? But Jesus was silent. Then the high priest said to him, I order you to tell us under oath before the living God whether you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus said to him in reply, You have said so, but I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has blasphemed. What further need have we of witnesses? You have now heard the blasphemy. What is your opinion? They said in reply, He deserves to die. Then they spat in his face and struck him, while some slapped him, saying, Prophecy for, prophecy for us, Messiah, who is, who, is, who is it that struck you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. One of the maids came over to him and said, You too were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it in front of everyone, saying, I do not know what you are talking about. As he went out to the gate, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This man was with Jesus the Nazarene. Again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. A little later, the bystanders came over and said to Peter, Surely you too are one of them. Even your speech gives you away. At that, he began to curse and to swear. I do not know the man. And immediately a cock crowed. Then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken. Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. He went out and began to weep bitterly. When it was morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. They bound him, led him away, and had him, handed him over to Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that Jesus had been condemned, deeply regretted what he had done. He returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in betraying innocent blood, they said. What is that to us? Look to it yourself. Flinging the money into the temple, he departed and went off and hanged himself. The chief priest gathered up the money but said, It is not lawful to, to deposit this in the temple treasury, for it is the price of blood. After consultation, they used it to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why that field, even today, is called the field of blood. Then, what, then was fulfilled what had been said through Jeremiah the prophet. And they took the thirty pieces of silver the value of a man with a price on his head and a price set by some of the Israelites, and they paid it out for the potter's field, just as the Lord had commanded me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and he questioned him. Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You say so. And when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he made no answer. Then Pilate said to him, do you not hear how many things they are testifying against you? But he did not answer him one word, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now on the occasion of the feast, the governor was accustomed to release to the crowd one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had assembled, Pilate said to them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus called the Christ? for he knew that it was out of envy that they had hand him, handed him over. While he was still seated on the bench, his wife sent him a message. Have nothing to do with that righteous man. I suffered much in a dream today because of him. The chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas, but, but to destroy Jesus. The governor said to them in reply, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They answered, 
Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus called the Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he was not succeeding at all, but that a riot was breaking out instead, he took water and washed his hands in the sight of the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. Look to it yourselves. And the whole people said in reply, His blood be upon us and upon our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. But after he had Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus inside the praetorium and gathered the whole cohort around him. They stripped off his clothes and threw a scarlet military cloak about him. Weaving a crown out of thorns, they placed it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! They spat upon him and took the reed and kept striking him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the cloak, dressed him in his own clothes, and led him off to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a, a Cyrenian named Simon. This man they pressed into service to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they gave Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he refused to drink. After they had crucified him, they divided his garments by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him, and they placed over his head the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. The two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and the other on his left. Those passing by reviled him, shaking their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself if you are the Son of God, and come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him and said, He saved others. He cannot save himself. So he is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now, and we will believe in him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the Son of God. The revolutionaries who were crucified who were crucified with him also kept abusing him in the same way. From noon onward, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And about three o'clock, Jesus cried out in a very loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani. Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders who heard it said, this one is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran to get a sponge. He soaked it in wine, and putting it on a reed, gave it to him to drink. But the rest said, Wait, let us see if Elijah comes to save him. But Jesus cried out again in a loud voice and gave up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked, rocks were split, tombs were opened, and the bodies of many saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming forth from their tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. The centurion and the men with him who were keeping watch over Jesus feared greatly when they saw the earthquake and all that was happening. And they said, Truly, this was the Son of God. There were many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him. Among them was Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was himself a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be handed over. Taking the body, Joseph wrapped it in clean linen and laid it in his new tomb that he had hewn in the rock. Then he rolled a huge stone across the entrance to the tomb 
and departed. But Mary Magdalene and the other Mary remained sitting there, facing the tomb. The next day, the one following the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that this imposter, while still alive, said, After three days I will be raised up. Give orders, then, that the grave be secured until the third day, lest his disciples come and steal him and say to the people, He has been raised from the dead. This last imposter would be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, The guard is yours. Go secure it as best you can. So they went and secured the tomb by fixing a seal to the stone and setting the guard. The Gospel of the Lord. Friends, I think it's true for all of us that at some point in our lives, we may encounter what seems to be an overwhelming obstacle, maybe a tragedy or loss, maybe an illness, maybe the loss of a job or even a divorce or the death of someone we're close to, or maybe just for the first time saying mass in front of a live video screen. Whatever it is, it is part of our human nature, part of our human experience to face at some point a challenge that may seem greater than our ability. And hopefully, when we're, just when we're about to say, I can't do it, I give up, someone comes forward, a parent, a brother or a sister, a teacher, a coach, a close friend, someone who says quietly to you, you've got to get through this. It's the only way. Friends, today in the gospel, Jesus, the Son of God, yet fully human, encounters his, you got to get through this moment. So what's different, though, about this Palm Sunday? What struck me as I prayed and reflected on these readings, particularly the gospel, which was read so well by Nancy and Steph, we see how quickly good times can turn to bad. How in Jesus's life, the glory of his entry into Jerusalem with the procession with the palms turns on a dime to rejection, loneliness, denial, and pain. And so sometimes it is in our lives. Look at what is happening today with the virus. In just three weeks, much of what we consider to be normal has now been changed. I know most of you would say, and I would say myself, Father John, don't be too much of a downer. Focus on joy and hope. Easter is coming. We, myself, would rather focus on flowers, Easter food, coloring eggs, good movies about Easter, of course. But this year is different. In the midst of this pandemic, we are or will soon be facing some big challenges. We are already seeing the loss of thousands of lives right here in our country, in states like New York, Michigan, and Louisiana. We're facing job losses, even the loss of some of our beloved Easter traditions. No palms, no blessing of food, no living stations of the cross by our youth. Holy Thursday Mass of the Lord's Supper or even the Sunday Easter liturgy are going to be very different this year. And it's only been three weeks of stay at home. What to make of all this? We got to get through it. Let's begin our Holy Week focused not only on the resurrection, the joy of new life and the happiness that we can look forward to, but also on Jesus Christ's reaction to what is happening in his passion, his challenge, his loss, his bearing our sins upon himself to, to win us new life, to win us glory and joy in the future. Let us look at how Christ took on suffering and freely chose faith in the midst of darkness. In the second reading today, we hear about how Jesus, though he was in the form of God, meaning he was the son of God, did not cling to being God. He set it aside. He laid it down. He emptied himself. 
The passion we just heard is not just some story of a divine being who has to simply tolerate a few setbacks or minor nuisance on his way to the glory of the resurrection. Jesus, in his humanity, loses everything, even his relationship with his Father. In this moment that we celebrate, this Palm Sunday, I believe that Jesus reveals what it means to be human. The darkness of sometimes being alone, being cut off, being accused, and yes, suffering, and discovering that at times in our lives, sometimes it seems as though God is silent. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why focus on this? Because there are many in our community who are already suffering. Jesus, in his isolation, in the darkness of being tortured and crucified, in that dark side of humanity, Jesus shows us another side of being fully human and being in relationship with our Father. He shows us the good side, the freedom to believe in and do good. Christ the man, despite being emptied of his divine power, found one thing that was not taken away, his freedom. His freedom to choose faith. His freedom to choose to get through this. In 1946, Viktor Frankl, a psychologist, wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning, describing his experience in the Nazi death camps. While there, he studied the reactions, the attitudes in himself and his fellow prisoners who had lost every scrap of human dignity in the face of death and punishment, as well as their difficulties in returning home to normal life, feeling bitter and disillusioned. Inside that experience, Frankel discovered there was one thing that could not be taken away, his freedom to choose a meaning, to choose a purpose as part of his humanity. Nobody could take that away from him. That discovery, what we might call faith, gave his prison life purpose. And as he was released at the end of the war, he developed a whole new way of helping others to live without fear to have faith in themselves and in humanity. As Christians, I think we would say, well, we told you so. Because in today's gospel, Jesus loses everything. His colleagues hand him over, his close friends deny him, his followers run away like scattered sheep. Yet Jesus chooses to hold on to faith in his Father. His faith gives meaning, gives purpose, That's how Jesus gets through it. I never thought I'd have to say this, but according to our country's leaders, we are close to having some very difficult choices to make in our lives. How we get through the next weeks and months of this pandemic. But like Christ and like Viktor Frankl's book, we have one freedom we will always have to choose faith we can discover that we can choose how we react, our attitude, and that, yes, there is a new day coming. There are normal days coming, a brighter future, a happy future. we got to get through this. The Passion of Christ is very much a story we need to hear, reflect upon, and digest in these next few days. We should not immediately jump to Easter, not just yet. we got to get through this. Many are already feeling alone, cut off. Many are even sick with the virus. And many are enduring the stress of going to work in the front lines of healthcare or worrying about how to keep their business open or how to carry the burden of many difficult financial and other decisions that need to be made. But I know that all of you watching and listening today, you are people of faith. You've made the choice. I have now, I have no no doubt that we, you and I are Easter people. We just need to be careful not to deceive ourselves or become self-centered hoarders or become bitter and critical of our government, our politics or our church. And we shouldn't just escape by sitting all day long playing games on our devices. We need to stay free 
and choose faith. Finally, it's not just Jesus Christ's choice to get through it that's important. It's how he moved forward in faith, without bitterness, always acting in love. You know, Christ lived for others even during the Passion. Have you ever contemplated the stations of the cross from the perspective of love? Watch how Christ loves even at the end. He willingly picks up his cross. He lovingly accepts the help of the women along the way. He comforts his mother. He gives John a new family. He doesn't fight or object when mocked by the soldiers or the people. He puts the other criminals beside him, ahead of himself, even Barabbas. Jesus does not just choose faith. He lives it out of love. That too is what we are called to do. So in the coming days, I challenge myself and all of us to reflect on the passion and discover our freedom to choose meaning, to choose purpose and faith, and go out in faith like the disciples on the way of the cross, like Simon of Cyrene, help carry one another's burdens, like Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, and Joseph of Arimathea, look for ways to love, to help, send cards, help people in their suffering, offer support to healthcare workers, make signs, make masks for us to use, donate food, visit the lonely and afraid, and to find new ways to gather together virtually this Easter. Don't just be gloomy. Choose your attitude. Choose your faith every day. With God's help, we will get through this. Easter is not far away. Together in faith, let us recite the Apostles' Creed, our trust in Jesus, who is both fully divine and human. I believe, I believe in God, the Father uh -huh. Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. As Jesus trusted his Father's love, we trust in our Father's providence and guidance for us. And so we offer these prayers for each other and for the world. We pray for all the victims of the COVID-19 virus, their families, all those suffering, especially in the hot spots of New York City, Long Island, New Jersey, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, the Detroit area, and Louisiana. May God help them to get through this, comfort them, heal them, protect, and give them hope. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our, hear our prayers. We pray for everyone helping to treat, cure, and limit the spread of the coronavirus. We pray for our first responders, our nurses, our doctors, aides, lab techs, administrators, many of whom are exposing themselves to the virus every day. God will, we pray that God will protect them, strengthen them, and guide them with his wisdom and compassion. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all those who are helping in our government and on the economic front, health officials, food workers, transportation, housing, and social welfare. We pray that God guide them in justice, honesty, and upholding the sanctity of all human life. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our church as we celebrate Holy Week and Easter. We pray for our Holy Father Francis, our bishops, our, our priests and deacons, our religious brothers and sisters, especially those involved in caring for others during the virus. We pray that all of us 
who are members of the body of Christ will be graced with holiness, be filled with joy and peace, and be strengthened to serve one another in love and faith. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear, Lord, our, hear prayers. our prayers. We pray for our parishioners here at St. Basil's and our families and all our fellow uh, members of the Brexville and Broadview Heights and other areas uh, that we serve and that we live in, that we may all be strengthened in faith these next few weeks and that we may find new ways of togetherness and sharing as we celebrate Easter during this stay-at-home time. May God give us peace and joy. We pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord hear, our, hear our prayer. We pray for our elderly, those who are chronically ill, those who are injured or needing surgery and have been delayed in some of their treatment. We pray for the lonely and the isolated, that Jesus Christ will be present to them and comfort them. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our beloved dead, especially Danny Deliberato, Tom Tupa, Joe Mazzullo, Rory Reese, and those who have died recently, including Dwayne Stanley, Karen Kalo, Frank Virgili. We pray that all our faithful departed, our friends, our family, our members of our community, may experience God's mercy and be welcomed by him into the heavenly banquet of peace, joy, and everlasting love. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear, Lord, our, hear our prayer. Good and loving God, as your son humbled himself to bear our sins on the cross, we humbly ask you to hear and answer these prayers, for we ask them in Jesus' name. Amen. my brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May, may the, the Lord, Lord accept, accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his, of his name, name, for our, our good, good and the good, good of all his holy, holy church. Through the passion of your only begotten Son, O Lord, may our reconciliation with you be near at hand, so that though we do not merit it by our own deeds, yet by this sacrifice made once for all, we may feel already the effects of your mercy through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For though innocent, he suffered willingly for sinners, and accepted unjust condemnation to save the guilty. His death has washed away our sins, and his resurrection has purchased our justification. And so, with all the angels, we praise you, as in joyful celebration we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy. 
You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more, giving you thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters, who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with the blessed, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles, with St. Basil, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, Father who, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. My friends, the peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us turn to each other and offer some form of sign of peace.
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
gift of love they crucified. They laughed and scorned him as he died. The humble king they named a fraud and sacrificed the Lamb of God. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. I was so lost, I should have died, but you have brought me to your side to be let us pray. Nourished with these sacred gifts, we humbly beseech you, O Lord, that just as through the death of your Son you have brought us to hope for what we believe, so by his resurrection you may lead us to where you call. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. I just wanted to take a moment to once again thank all involved for helping us to live stream this Mass. Tommy, Stephanie, Nancy, Miles, Mike, and Max, all those who are working so hard to help keep us connected with you. When I pray my private mass each day, it's, it's um, very painful sometimes missing you and feeling a longing. But I wanted to share that with you because it's not my own longing. It's, as a priest, it's the longing of Christ for you. But we need to remember that God is not only limited to the sacraments. God is present everywhere. And God is present among us when we care for one another. So today, during this stay-at-home time, we're called to be Christ to one another. My friends, the Lord be with you. Bow our heads and pray for God's blessing. Look, we pray, O Lord, on this your family for whom our Lord Jesus Christ did not hesitate to be delivered into the hands of the wicked and submit to the agony of the cross, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. May the good Lord bless you and keep you. May he shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn toward you during this time and give you comfort, solace, and peace. And may he fill your hearts with mercy and love. And may God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Mass has ended. Let us go in peace. Thanks be to God. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.